BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning, I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a package of bills aimed at reducing gun violence. And as KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer explains, he's not done yet. The eight bills Newsom signed Thursday are less sweeping than the one he signed two weeks ago, allowing civil lawsuits against gun makers for negligence. One targets the sale of gun parts made from 3D printers. Another prevents those convicted of child abuse or elder abuse from having a gun for 10 years. A third requires schools to report student threats or perceived threats of violence. Still left to sign is Senate Bill 1327, modeled after a Texas anti-abortion law. It would allow private citizens to sue anyone who makes, sells, or imports into California weapons banned here, including assault weapons and ghost guns. That and others Newsom already signed are sure to be challenged in court. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Operations at the Port of Oakland are still at a standstill due to an ongoing trucker protest over California's gig worker law, known as AB5. The law reclassifies many gig workers and independent contractors as employees. This week's protests follow a U.S. Supreme Court decision that rejected an industry bid to exclude truckers who often own their own vehicles. The truckers are demanding either a repeal of AB5 or clarification as to how it will be enforced. Governor Newsom says truckers should work to implement the transition to AB5. An update to a story we told you about yesterday. California's Fair Political Practices Commission has voted unanimously to allow people to donate to political campaigns using cryptocurrencies. KQED's Rachel Myro has more. Cryptocurrency donations have been allowed at the federal level since 2014, but California banned the practice four years ago, largely due to concerns about transparency. The FPPC's general counsel, David Bainbridge, explains. Because it is inherently and intentionally, in some circumstances, anonymous. Uh, And in many circumstances, it's untraceable. The new state rule incorporates safeguards. The donor must be identified and the donation must be converted to cash immediately. According to data compiled by government technology, the vast majority of recent federal crypto donations have come from venture capital firms. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. The regents of the University of California have decided that the UC system will investigate UCLA's decision to leave the Pac-12 Athletic Conference for the Big Ten. The move comes after Governor Gavin Newsom expressed anger and confusion about the sudden move and after he spoke at a closed-door meeting of the regents. Newsom wants UCLA to explain how the move will help student-athletes. UCLA's departure from the Pac-12 would leave UC Berkeley as the sole UC campus still in the conference. 
If you're of a certain age, you might remember the 1973 George Lucas film American Graffiti, which celebrated California car cruising culture. But in a lot of cities, cruising has been illegal for years. Now Mexican-American lowrider cruising enthusiasts are working to roll back such bans. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin has this story from San Jose, which recently scrapped its decades-old cruising ban. On a warm Friday night, just south of downtown San Jose, it's easy to tell which house belongs to Anthony Perez. Working on a 64 Impala. That's the His friend's Azure Aqua Chevy Impala is spilling out of the driveway into the sidewalk, and oldies are echoing from a turntable. Perez works in government welfare during the day, but his passions are rare vinyl and his 1962 two-door hardtop Impala, white with red interior. And tonight, we're headed to Santa Clara Street in downtown San Jose. As you can see, I mean, you're in here, you get behind this big old wheel and you go slow, weather's perfect. Like what else, you know, doesn't get much better than that for me. The Impala is a boat of a car and people give delighted double takes as we pass. See, it's like a carnival ride. We barely break 25 miles an hour and it kind of feels like we're in our own parade. Everybody's your friend when you're driving this. <laughs> For the most part, when people talk about cruising, they describe laid-back Sunday afternoons and low-key family-friendly outings. This is why lowriders like Perez say the cruising ban wasn't about keeping roadways safer. There's existing laws for not blocking traffic or driving recklessly, so what else could it be besides them trying to marginalize a community or making laws against something that they don't understand. Until the ban was unanimously overturned in June, it had been in place since 1986. Dulce Fernandez is part of a lowrider group that worked to overturn the ban. She says it was an oppressive force. You instinctively grow up looking over your shoulder because you are you are identifying yourself within the culture. You're identifying yourself as being Latin. Its origins are in the barrio experience of the southwestern region of the United States. John Ulloa is a professor of history and anthropology at San Francisco State University. So if you're targeting lowriding, by default, you're targeting Mexicans. Ulloa actually teaches a class on the history of lowriding as part of his school's Latina Latino Studies program. If we talk about lowriding and its origins, then very quickly we can talk about the criminalization of an aesthetic, systemic racism, stereotyping, stripping people of their civil liberties for expressing themselves under the First Amendment of the Constitution. Still, some law enforcement in San Jose aren't happy with the repeal. The police department wouldn't make Chief Anthony Mata available for an interview, but right before the city council voted to repeal, he told them about his concerns with lowrider gatherings during celebrations like Cinco de Mayo. Fortunately, uh, there's uh, individuals in cars that take over a uh, a shop uh, shopping center, right, and um, and do loiter, they do drink, uh, drugs are there, and there's violence. 
uh, and it does impact our community, it impacts our, our business. Elsewhere in California, Sacramento's cruising ban has also come down recently, and organizers in San Diego County's National City are working towards their own repeal. There's also a move in the state legislature to protect cruising statewide. For Americans, cars have always represented freedom and self-expression. Lowriders are part of this history. Oh, there he is. What's up? <laughs> Back on Santa Clara Street, Anthony Perez says lowriding is so much more than just a hobby. So my mom met my dad cruising, so I guess it's in my blood. It's part of his origin story. My mom was out cruising with her friends, and my dad was out cruising with his friends, and they stopped at Jack in the Box, and they met, and the rest was history. So Perez says he was born to be behind the wheel. For the California Report and Mary Franklin Harvin in San Jose. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The California State Fair is back. For the first time since 2019, Cap Radio's Chris Nichols took in some of the attractions at the Cal Expo Fairgrounds in Sacramento. The familiar sights, smells, and sounds are back. From livestock to games. Hey guys, come on in, pick a seat, saddle up. It's Derby racing time at the California State Fair. To funnel cakes, corn dogs, and turkey leg. Turkey leg. Does it pass your test? It's delicious. What's new are the first time smiles at the fair on faces of toddlers like Scarlett Cunningham, born during the pandemic. Here's her mom, Jean, of Roseville. I grew up coming here my whole life, and this is uh, her first time since she's been born that I've been able to bring her, so we're excited to be here. Gina Miller of Humboldt County has shown pygmy goats at the fair for two decades. She hopes families spend some time in the barn. I think if every kid could go out to a, a farm for a week in their life and see where food comes from and how it's made and how much responsibility and hard work it is, but it's worthwhile, you know, and and they would develop a relationship and an empathy for animals. The fair runs through the 31st. Children four and younger can get in for free. For the California Report, I'm Chris Nichols in Sacramento. 
And you know what other California happening is back this week after a two-year pandemic pause? That festival of pop culture geekdom, and I say that as a geek, Comic-Con in San Diego. Highlights will include a preview of the new Lord of the Rings series and the final episodes of The Walking Dead. And of course, there will be a ton of cosplay. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's Weekly Magazine. For its Hidden Gems Road Trip series, reporter Amanda Font takes us to Big Bear Lake in San Bernardino County. That's where she set sail on a quirky boat ride, bringing together 80s movie history and pirate adventure. There are plenty of businesses that offer trips on Big Bear Lake, but for those seeking a more unique ride, there's the Time Bandit. It's a one-third replica of a... Uh ship from about 200 years ago, 250 years ago. This is the man who will be at the helm today. My name is John Height. I'm one of the captains on the Time Bandit on Big Bear Lake. Captain John says the mini Spanish galleon was built by a guy in San Diego, in his backyard. His original goal was to sail it to the Sea of Cortez. He completed it in 1969, but uh, lost interest in it along the way and never put it in the water. Instead, this hand-built dream vessel became a tour vessel, and eventually it was shipped almost 7,000 feet up the mountain to Big Bear, where it's been cruising the lake for the last 25 years. But in the middle of its life, this boat had another kind of adventure. Time Bandits is a 1981 film written and directed by Terry Gilliam. The ship featured in the movie is the very same one we're sailing on now. It was used as a set piece in the film and was renamed after its foray on the silver screen. But as she sails around the lake today, the restored Time Bandit is fully decked out like a pirate ship, painted black with red and white accents, a few skeletons tied to the shrouds, those are the rope ladders that lead up the masts, and a flag that says, time flies when having rum. That's KQED's Amanda Font. You can hear more of that story on this week's California Report magazine. Tune into it on some public radio stations or download the California Report magazine podcast. You can also get the podcast for this, our daily show. And that's the California Report for Friday, July 22nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, and Christopher Beal, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Daphne Young and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editors, Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editors, Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day and weekend ahead. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare. Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from DrinkHint.com And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.